we're back. We're back. We're back again, and uh, it's been a little bit of uh, putting out some some alternate content mm-hmm. lately. We got uh, we got the interview out. We've done some uh, short topics. Yeah, that's been kind of exciting. Uh, how's uh, how's the formula treating you these days? Yeah, the formula has been a a fantastic uh, map for me as I go through life and something happens to me and I, I hit those old triggers again, mm-hmm. those old storylines. Uh, for me, it's been really exciting to see how that affects me now compared mm-hmm. to how it used to affect me Yeah, and how I can rely on the process and the formula to know where I'm at and then what do I need to do next? Yeah. At our last meetup, someone brought up a really interesting point and, and um, I think it's sort of one of the challenges of church today is they, they'll, they'll spend a lot of time uh, it's almost like once you become a Christian, the magic wand is ding, uh, and you're good. You know, you somehow magically progress through the formula. And the reality of it is, I think you will spend a lot of time cycling through the formula. But like we talked about uh, prior to recording, um, that's really a sign that you're leveling up. Mm-hmm. It's because when you reach a place of equilibrium in your life, you're going to be, uh, you're not going to be challenged. You're not going to have a sense of I'm not enough because you're not doing anything new that would would prompt you to think, Oh God, am I going to be enough? Mm -hmm. Right. And, and in some ways then this feeling, uh, of, Oh, here I am again, thinking I'm not enough. That's also a, a, a pre, a a predecessor or, uh, to, uh, success Mm -hmm. that is telling you that you're getting ready to have a breakthrough. Right. And you just have to lean through that. And I think we talked about earlier, it's, it's this idea of like going to the gym. Uh, you know, you have to get through the pain in order to reach your, your fitness goals. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, in the same way, if you are coming back around and you're telling yourself a story again that you thought you'd put away and you hadn't even thought about it for a while and you're like, Oh God, here I am again, really celebrate that because that is you coming to a point in your life where uh, something new is about to happen, mm-hmm. something interesting is about to occur. Right. Some level you're going to level up soon, um, and these stories have come back, and you're back in the first step or second or third step in the formula, and that's okay. Um, and if we could get everybody to sort of think about that as just part of the process, and on the other side of that is success, and to celebrate when these things occur. Um, it really changes your mindset Absolutely. around it as opposed to saying, Oh God, here I am again. Why can't I escape? You instead say, Oh, I must be getting ready to level up yep. because I'm having these experiences again. I'm having these stories come back to me again. Um, Christ absolutely saved your life. You are solid. You have a new identity in him and you're going to heaven, but that doesn't necessarily mean that you're not going to go back to your comfort zone, mm-hmm. which, you is know your, it will. which is your jail cell. Yep. When you are triggered by doubt and fear, you're going to go back to the cookies, back to the Ben and Jerry's, back to the jail cell, back to the old stories you're telling yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's okay. As long as you go, Oh, Oh, I know what's going on here. Mm-hmm. I'm getting ready yep. to level up. I need to lean into this and push past it. Mm-hmm. Not instead kick yourself and say, I guess I never beat it. Mm-hmm. I'm never going to be good. No, you're leveling up. And so just celebrate that. So, so that's interesting. Yeah, um, yeah, absolutely. The whole formula process. But uh, for those who just tuned in and are wondering what we're talking about, <laughs> we are actually in the middle of a studying what we call the formula. Uh, the formula is forgiveness precedes freedom, which precedes abundance, which precedes riches. Uh, this week we'll actually cover the final step in the formula, riches. Mm-hmm. And 
if you have not, if this is your first podcast with us, I cannot stress enough. It is a good idea for you to go back to episode three mm. and begin there uh, because we're going to talk about riches today, which is the last step in the formula. Mm-hmm. And it's the last step for a lot of reasons. Um, it's sort of the first step as far as the world sees things. But if you take it the, from the Christian worldview, it's the last step. Mm-hmm. So the world would say, when I get riches, I'm going to finally have abundance and that's going to allow me to be free. Mm-hmm. And then you have so many people say, well, money is not the answer to everything. And it's because they they finally achieved wealth. And they realized that freedom didn't happen and abundance mm-hmm. didn't happen. Yep. Um, and it's because they didn't go through the formula in the right direction. They didn't come forgiveness first, freedom next, and abundance, mm-hmm. and then finally riches. Yep. So if you don't go through the formula in the right direction, um, or if you just tune in today and you didn't hear abundance, which was all about placing God on the throne of your heart, then you'll look at this uh, talk today and you'll have a lot of issues with it. Absolutely. Wow, it really looks like you're just going after money or whatever, mm-hmm. or you're greedy. Mm-hmm. No, because if you did the abundance step and you really worked on putting God on the throne of your heart, there's no way in the richest step you're going to be greedy. Mm-hmm. Right. It, it's just, it's not, just a contradiction. Yeah. You couldn't both be, not, both are not true. That's exactly right. Yeah. And so... Before you judge 1720 and the work that we're doing here uh, on this talk on riches, please, please, please go yeah. back and understand at least the abundance step because that really sets the frame here and it keeps you from getting uh, in trouble with the riches mm. step. So um, with that said, let's dive into today's topic. Uh, and I really, this one's a really cool topic for me uh, because I wish I could say that uh, I learned it quickly, uh, but I did not. It was, uh, as my stepfather was fond of telling me, uh, boy, uh, you only learn from the school of hard knocks. And he was absolutely right. <laughs> Unfortunately, I would not learn from his, his, uh, his tutelage. Mm. I always try, I always had to knock myself in the head a few times and, and, uh, and I did. So as I think back over, uh, over my life, God has really honestly always provided, right? An unexpected expense in our lives when we were young was almost always preceded by us scraping together just a little bit of extra money. So we'd have, you know, maybe we were able to finally pull together 500 bucks and sure enough, something would break on the car literally the next week and we'd have to spend that $500. Uh, so this was like our hard earned savings that was immediately evaporated, uh, right? And it only brought something that had worked a minute ago back to being working again. So it's not like we had a bump up in our lifestyle because of the spending of this money. It just brought us back to zero, right? Mm. Uh, in many cases, it was it was often the exact amount needed. Like we would, whatever amount of money we would scrape together, it'd almost be the exact amount necessary uh, for us to overcome this thing that had come up. Mm-hmm. And uh, at the end of solving the problem, back to, again, like I said, back to a zero balance. So in our younger years, this happened probably more times that I could, than I could honestly count. Um, one could look over. One, one could sort of look at this two ways. This, this cycle could look at it two ways. One, they could say, God always provided exactly what we needed, Mm -hmm. or we would never get ahead because every step forward was offset by a step backwards. Right. I mean, that's sort of the two ways you could come at this. And as with most young couples with small children in tow, Mm -hmm. we were barely able to pay our basic bills. Right. So it felt as though each step, each tiny step forward was almost immediately a step back. Mm -hmm. So we were sort of living in that second interpretation. And those days, I got to tell you, it was really hard to stay positive yeah. because we just were, it felt like we were grinding and not getting anywhere. And I remember calling my grandmother um, and sharing my frustration. 
And she would always point me back to the biblical interpretation of these events. God was providing to meet our needs. This felt to me Pollyannic, uh, which if you don't know who Pollyanna is, she always had a bright outlook on life, regardless of what happened. It was, ooh, this is, it's good. Um, and I thought she was really sort of, you know, she's my grandma. <laughs> uh, she's, you know, virgin in retirement. She's clearly out of touch with the reality and the struggles of the young, uh, young couple in St. Louis, right? And she didn't know how badly in my heart that I desired uh, to be on stable footing. And it always left me asking, why was God so cruel mm-hmm. as to seemingly just just string me along and then pull my, the financial rug right out from under me? Mm-hmm. Why was he doing that? Why did he show me a little bit of success, a little bit of, of, of forward motion, just to slap me in the face and put me right back in my place? But as our brushes with weekly uh, bankruptcy uh, subsided and with now 20 years of marriage under my belt, I did I did finally realize the wisdom of my grandmother's point of view. Uh, looking back, I can see all the times, and there are many, that God of the universe supplied exactly what we needed. In our tiny apartment in St. Louis, rent, water, electricity, and a few dollars for Blockbuster and the most amazing cheap Chinese food, which was literally a block from our house. It was so good. It was like six bucks and it was like this mass amount of food. But it was all that was really necessary for us. Mm. That was our necessity. We wanted to be able to have blockbuster and Chinese food and be able to make our bills. And that is exactly what God supplied over and over again. Mm-hmm. And that last statement, that last, the last thing I just said is the key to unlocking your dreams. It's the key to unlocking your dreams. But before I reveal this very simple concept uh, that if applied, it will absolutely change your life. I need to unpack the number one lie that has kept the average person from living a very above average life. Hmm. So the lie is one that we have all heard before. Oh yeah, we have follow your passion. Mm. There's the lie. Follow your passion. So this, uh, in our view here, this is the most destructive phrase you can utter to a person who has no idea what their passions are. If you're going to follow your passions and you don't know, or the type of person who is good at a lot of things, but one does not stand out as their kind of quote-unquote passion. So each interest's producing just enough magnetic pull as to obscure the person's true north. Mm-hmm. When you're good at everything, but one doesn't stand out, you don't have a compass. Yeah, it's like a lot of noise. Absolutely, and it's distracting. Mm-hmm. So you, they put off their dreams, and they don't define what that dream could be. So they wrongly assume that passion is the key to success, that this key must be found before they can dream. So while that wait for the big neon sign signaling their passion to appear, the needs of everyday life take over. So those necessities are things such as rent, electricity, uh, cheap Chinese food, <laughs> you know, whatever that might be. Those, those basic necessities are going to morph into newer cars, mortgages, the next iPhone, uh, college savings plans. And tragically, they'll give up on their dreams because necessity drives their actions. Yeah, they fall into a cycle of what we call reasonable expectations. However, reasonable expectations produce only incremental improvements in your life. For those who seek exponential growth, something more will absolutely be required. The truly hungry buy the books, they attend the seminars, maybe they even go to counseling and attempt to figure out how it is that they lost their way. 
and how it is that they're locked into a mediocre job, a mediocre house, and a mediocre body, far from their childhood dreams and desires. I know I read The Seven Habits of Highly Successful People, mm-hmm. uh, Think and Grow Rich. Mm-hmm. Uh, I listened to Zig Ziglar. I actually had that on um, uh, cassette tapes. came oh, in like yeah. a book with like 30 cassette tapes. Uh, dentist gave it to me. Uh, really good stuff, right? Tony Robbins, good stuff. But they all pointed back to the, the lie uh, that is sent and is sending thousands of people into what I call a dream death spiral. They all told me I needed an obsession or to follow my passion. But only a very small percentage of people are born knowing their true passion. You know, like that kid in fourth grade who like knew he wanted to be a veterinarian from like day one. Right. Hate those kids. <laughs> uh, I mean, you know, God bless them, right? I mean, that's great. It's so awesome. But uh, it, it is only recently that we discovered a small concept, right, for those other people. Uh, that is extremely powerful. And when I say those other people, I mean the majority of the rest of us. It is the same concept that kept a young bride and I and Blockbuster Rentals and cheap Chinese food, uh, but very little more. Mm-hmm. Uh, this concept will enslave one person to a mediocre existence and allow another person to invent something crazy like a light bulb. This concept allows anyone to tap into God's promise found in Philippians 4.19. God will supply all of our needs from his glorious riches, which have been given to us in Christ Jesus. As you listen to my opening story and reflect on this verse, you might already have identified what the key is. So the simple concept that will change your life and it will unlock the last step in the formula, that's riches, that simple concept is called the necessity effect. Most of us are already unknowingly using the necessity effect to great effect. Mm-hmm. The necessity effect explains why in the wealthiest nation on the planet, the vast majority of people are living that paycheck to paycheck life. Mm-hmm. The necessity effect is why most of us, with very few exceptions, are locked in the financial classes of our parents. That's right. So put simply, the necessity effect states Whatever is necessary for us to achieve the life we believe we deserve is exactly what God will provide, and it is what we will get. Mm. Now, here's the important thing. Necessity is not desperation or scarcity. Although in the absence of faith, it can absolutely lead to that, most are not desperate to meet their needs. Desperation is more often associated with unmet wants. So we've called out needs and wants here. Mm-hmm. These may be deeply felt wants, but they have no transitions to overcome. I'm going to go back here. Yeah, but they have not transitioned over to necessities. Most are not desperate to meet their needs. Desperation is more often associated with unmet wants. These may be deeply felt wants, but they have not transitioned over to necessities. Mm. So in, in fact, wants left unchecked, that will lead to scarcity. Because you will both be consciously and subconsciously, you'll begin to notice that they will have lingered unfulfilled. That's right. So you may want you might want to lose weight. Okay. You might want to be financially independent. You might want to find your soulmate. You may want any number of things. It is when they transition to a need and are mixed with faith and mental toughness that their attainment will be all but guaranteed. Yeah, what is, what is necessary for a happy life is often some function of what we're used to. 
If you grew up middle class, then necessity is defined as some incremental improvement on the middle class lifestyle. If one grows up wealthier, then more wealthier lifestyle might be what is necessary. If one grew up poor but generally happy, then that level of financial status may be all that is necessary. On its surface, the necessity effect is extremely depressing, <laughs> or at least it was for me. That is until we realize something very, very important, something so powerful it would change my life forever. I discovered that necessity is malleable. But to mold it, we must change our basic definition of necessity and understand where it comes from. Okay, so necessity has two sources, the internal and the external. So the external, those are things like rent, food, electricity, childcare. Very few would dispute these necessities. So if one lost their electricity, they would pray that God would provide a solution, and quite frankly, soon. soon absolutely. No one in America would consider this an ex expensive request. Yet millions live without reliable electricity, and they still manage to find meaning and happiness in their lives. Now, in the recent election cycles, we are arguing that healthcare is a necessity. This is all to say there is no God-given or set standards of necessities. This observation that points to the second and true source of necessity, mm. that's the internal. You, in your mind, based on your experiences and your background, set as what is minimally necessary for your life. For most of us, what is necessary was not programmed through conscious effort. It was subconsciously programmed by our environments. Yeah, when we understand the source of our definition of necessity is internal versus external, when we understand those two sources, we, could, we take a powerful first step toward molding what is necessary in our lives. We can, we can become the source for our definition of necessity. If we are the source, then we can learn to define necessity as we see fit. There are a number of ways to achieve this transfer, but first we must understand why this transfer must be made and we must believe in this why with all our hearts and minds. So here are those two big whys. Mm -hmm. So the first, tap into a promise. For those who serve him, God has promised to meet your daily needs. Most of us can reflect on our lives and if we're still here, most of us admit God has met at least our minimal needs. Now, this is an absolute biblical law. If you serve the Lord, your needs will be met. But the loophole in this promise, if you can call it that, we get to define those needs. If, if we feel that your life is some, has something that's lacking, mm -hmm. then it is because you have failed to control your internal definition of what is necessary. And God says, if you ask, you have not because you have asked not. Very interesting. So the second of those two whys is to tap into your own power. Redefining one's personal necessity is what causes millions of immigrants to risk their life and limb to come to America. Necessity allows one to lift a car from a child. It is what allows a man to survive years in a POW camp. It allows a lost hiker to cut off his own arm and then hike out of the canyon that was meant to be his tomb. It allows a single mom to hold down two jobs and still find time to attend night school. In short, necessity can do what passion and desire cannot do. Mm -hmm. it, we can't overstate that. No. 
So perhaps you thought you knew what necessity was, uh, but now you're questioning your understanding. So perhaps for you, necessity has been your jailer, and now you're wondering how to transform it into your savior. So the process is simple. Like the secret of Oz, the power has always been with you. Since you first stepped foot on that yellow brick road of your life, your trip back to the farm starts with a simple request. Yeah, you must request more of life and make it your necessity. I actually recently came across a poem that I thought just nailed this concept. And why don't, why don't you read that poem, Martin? Okay. So the poem goes, I bargained with life for a penny and life would pay no more. However, I begged at evening when I counted my scanty store for life is just an employer. It gives you what you ask, but once you set the wages, why you must bear the task. I worked for a servant's hire only to learn dismayed that whatever wage I had asked for life, life would have willingly paid. In that poem, that was from my wage that represents what the individual thought was necessary for his life. And he got it, but he had to bear that task. Mm -hmm. And then as that author matured, he realized he could have asked for any wage. So in other words, he could have changed his definition of what was necessary and life would have paid it out. But here's the key takeaway. No matter the wage given, that little bit or what he could have asked for, the cost is exactly the same. That cost is a lifetime. A lifetime. So here we find the secret to redefining necessity. We need only ask. This is why vision board exercises are so very important. You have to dream first. You have to have a why. And then you must progress to the formula. You must understand that you are forgiven. Understand you are free from your past stories, sins, and regrets. They are dead and buried with Christ. Understand the true meaning of abundance by placing God on the throne of your heart. Skipping the abundance step risks perverting your God-given desires into something destructive. Once you have mastered these steps, only then can you step into riches with confidence and then start redefining your necessities. So today's homework is pretty simple. You're going to have to create a, <clears throat> a have-to inventory. Take a little pad, uh, paper that you're not going to lose. Write down your current have-tos. Those are going to be things such as, I have to go to work, I have to pay the mortgage, I have to... Now just fill in that blank there. Once you've got those, now of those items that you've listed... How many of those are externally driven? Hmm. That's the question there. Now, I want you to brainstorm and write down your internally driven have-tos. <clears throat> I have to go to the gym. I have to spend time with the kids. I have to meditate. I have to get educated. I have to spend quality time and quiet time with God. Now, if you struggle with the difference between the two, external versus internal, External are those items whose deadlines and timing are not dictated by you. That's right. Once you have your list, just hang on to them and get ready for next week's podcast. Next week, we will discuss how to transform your internal have-tos into your necessities. So not that external stuff. Mm -hmm. Those are already your necessities. It's your internal ones that you end up never getting to. We're going to teach you how to transform those into your necessities. 
I think most people understand the process of training for a marathon or some other athletic event. We get that if we put the time to train our bodies, we will be tougher, stronger, and ready for the big event. Next week, we will provide you with specific training and techniques for developing a mental toughness because moving internal, moving to internal necessities as your focus is a battle of the mind. And success in any battle is a function of preparation and training. You can leverage God's promise to provide for your needs or your necess- or necessities, right? Needs mm-hmm. or necessities, his promise to do that, to create the life you are dreaming of, but you must get mentally tough. And we will show you exactly how to do just that next week. All right. So thanks for spending this time with us again. Thank you, Dustin. If you've not already subscribed to our podcast, remember to leave us that review on iTunes and Google Play. Each positive review raises our rank and exposes this content to people who otherwise would not have heard it. Now, you can find all of our links for our social media pages, YouTube channel, iTunes, Google Play. You'll find all those at 1720.org forward slash podcast. It's also a great way to share our content with anybody that you think would benefit from what we're talking about here. Now, finally, be sure to follow our page on Facebook. That's facebook.com forward slash 1720.org. Yes, please use the .org. That's important. And subscribe to our newsletter at 1720.org. Thanks, and we'll see you guys again next week. Have a blessed day. You as well.